Hey, it's uh, trending Twitter Tuesday, Saturday, uh, about five thirty, just before five thirty p.m. So I got the uh, uh, tw- uh, tr- Twitter app open. Let's see the number one. Uh, what's trending in Milwaukee? I like how we can really nail this down. So, and tonight's episode was born out of the opening about uh, this story. It came out of this joke. It, well, I guess it is an investigation I did. As an investigation I did about, uh, you know, a ghost, uh, two ghosts, well, a ghost parent and a baby ghost in a car. Anyway, I had to get my sleuthing on. Because, uh, oh, by the way, it's uh, February 27th, just for the record, because, you know, since I'm sleuthing, I want to be sure. 528, February 27th, p.m., reporting. And, you know, when I get my sleuthing cap on, when I, you know, when I get into my uh, reporter mode, amateur, you know, definitely super under amateur. I pitched that to Under Armour, but they, you know, well, they wouldn't, I don't know if they opened the email, but they said, what about a new line, under, under amateur? And they said, well, it's a brain bot. One of my brain bots, pre-pitch, my pre-pitch brain bot said, well, what do you mean? What's under amateur? And I said, well, that's why I stood in front of the mirror brain bot. looked right there, under amateur. And then the brain bot said, well, you got me on that, but why would you need a specialized underclothing? And he said, come on, of course, because it's special. We want to feel special just like everybody else, just because we're an under-amateur. It doesn't mean we have, you know, we have a right, like all people, to feel special every once in a while. And then that brain, I said, okay, you got me again. So, uh, but when I get on my sleuthing hat and then I put on my under-amateur underwear, a.k.a. adult underoos that I special ordered, don't ask what superhero... Uh, because it wouldn't be, it'd be a villain, you know, villain, Cobra Commander. Well, I did have that. And then they said, well, I don't know if I'm comfortable. Because yeah, they said, why would you put the Cobra Commander's profile there? I don't want it, you know, I don't like that. And again, send in a dear underoos. Believe it or not, even though I'm an adult, I wrote it on an orange piece of uh, construction paper with a crayon. Uh, but then I used adult terms because I said, what are you thinking with the, and then uh, I guess then I said, well, maybe he said, but I mean, cause Cobra commander, you know, th- this is a big word. So kids, you don't have to cover your ears, but don't ask what it means. You know, Cobra commander is an impotent character. So, and I said, you know, a symbol of impotence. I mean, I would say, you know, I said, I thought you were going to talk about two ghosts in a car, Scoots. Well, yeah, just let me finish this out, okay, self-critic. You know, I feel down enough about buying these underoos. And I special ordered them. You know, somebody in Brooklyn, you know, would make some hand paint some. So I guess you shouldn't have sent that letter to, oh, that makes more sense. And why they're $80. But, well, I sent that to the Underoos headquarters, so, well, great. And I signed it, Scooter, Sleep With Me podcast, because I thought that'll get some results. Uh, but, I, I, you know, again, I don't want to uh, harp on G.I. Joe and how much I dislike G.I. Joe, because I love the show, and I guess I'm obsessed with it. But 
I guess G.I. Joe was really, eh, never mind. I don't want to get into thrown around. And he said, it was my mistake buying Cobra Commander under Ruse. So anyway, not important. You know, you live and you learn. I don't know what, I guess I wish I knew the life lesson there. But as I was talking about in the intro, once upon a time, little Andy, their little buddy, little Andy, you know, the kid, the kid that, and this was, you know, pre, uh, this was when I still had some freshness to me because I told that little joke with Danny and his ventriloquist dummy. And so I, I think I say, say, you know, and I think this, but this was probably right around the time I had trouble sleeping, but I told this joke, you know, what does the mama go say to the baby goes when they get in the car to go somewhere? Fasten your sheepbelt. And, you know, I was repeating this conversation to set it up on the phone with Morally Safer, because that's where I was trying to go with the setup is that, uh, you know, if I'm going to do any investigative reporting, it's going to be, you know, it's going to involve Morally because he's my hero. And I, I want him to learn my name. For some reason, if you're new to the show, a couple times I've roped Morally Safer. Or some critics of the show will say a man that looks like Morley Safer, whose name's also Morley, that's not Morley Safer, into some adventures with me. When, when I was in Florida last, it was just a year ago, actually, I guess this is as good as time I to take a little bit of a walk down old Nostalgia Road. I was at a performance of MAME, a musical, M-A-M-E, that my father was performing in. As uh, I forget his name, but Mame's uh, adopted uh, son. I almost had it. I, th- I don't think it was Matthew, but it was something like that. Um, but I was sitting there, and I, had, I think this was the second performance I'd been to of my father and Mame. And this, it was a wonderful. The woman that played Mame was uh, spectacular. And this was at the, the retirement village, and this was when my mom was sick last year, so. It was a little bit stressful time, so it was a nice escape. But I was looking around the room, scanning all these people, being, you know, suspending their disbelief and watching this performance and, you know, just feeling the stories in the room, to be honest with you. And I locked eyes with the man. And then he looked back to the stage and I said, that's morally safer. And I said that, you know, my heart started pitter-pattering, you know, with a uh, investigative journalism crush. I guess would be the right term. And then I roped Morley. I said, you know, I I wanted to start a team. I said, Morley and Borley, Morley and Gorley. And then I got involved with Morley. And I I thought we were on a case about water or something. And then ended up, it was just trying to, his brother was trying to break up with somebody. And they had an incredibly irritating dog. And I helped, but more, I think at some point, you know, instead of calling me Scoop or Scooter or Drew, uh, Morley must have got some bad information and thought my name was Derek. And I still don't know why, even his wife, everyone. So then we had a couple other, we, we stopped, believe it or not, the Plutonians, you know, tried to wreck the earth and stuff. That was covered up by multiple channels and mainstream media. Uh, but Morley, uh, Glenn Greenwald, 
who else was involved? Probably Eddie Snowden, but I'm not, I don't remember. I think Leslie Stahl helped. Uh, but we got involved in saving the earth. I mean, basically, I mean, I, it was mostly morally, but still morally thought my name was Derek after that. And he even sent me, tried, he said, Derek, I want you to come meet, you know, he tried to set me up on blind dates even. And I'll be honest, you know, I'll put it out there. It was crushing. And a lot of people will say, isn't it enough to be adventuring with Morley Safer, one of your heroes, and save, you know, saving the, the entire planet Earth and enabling Morley's brother to break up with his girlfriend conflict free? And, uh, and knowing, you know, this, this, this icon of American journalism and then also getting, you know, getting in with Glenn Greenwald and, and, and Eddie, Leslie Stahl, I think, uh, oh, who else was involved in it? Uh, uh, Lowell Bergman, I think, I, I don't remember. He, they, and also all those people call me Derek because they kind of deferred morally or, they're trying to drive me nuts because Glenn Greenwald has this chuckle. He says, all right, Derek, talk to you later. And then he chuckles because he's a little bit, he's a wry, you know. And then Lowell Bergman just does this slow smile at the end. And Leslie Stahl always looks like she's smiling. And then Eddie Snowden just won't take, you know, he think it freaks him out that we have similar hair because he sees his future in me. And that kind of deflates him. Maybe. I don't know. I can't put words in Eddie Snowden's mouth. I've done it before. You know, we did a seance with Eddie. But what's the point here? Yeah, the point is it's not good enough. Saving the world. Helping morally safer break brother break up with his girlfriend. Yeah, that's great. But there's part of me, one, that wants to be, I guess the amateur journalism part, it's more I want to be on adventures with morally safer on a first-name basis. You know, the adventures are great. And I guess as I learn more on this journey of self-discovery I'm on, I say, well, Jesus, there's just a need inside of me uh, to have more than an adventure with morally safer. And I guess, you could, yeah, we could go on analyzing it forever. Well, he, 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 didn't you say that he wanted to set you up on a date with one of his nieces? And doesn't that say a lot about your relationship with him? But yeah, he, but he just knows me as Derek. So it doesn't, like, and I don't know, I, I don't think he's messing with me. And he's, I know he has all of his faculties, so it's not that. Uh, so yeah, it's not good enough. Uh, I'm sorry. And I said, well, what about this ghost, two ghosts in a car? So I called him. I said, I said, Morley. And of course he said, Derek, oh, oh. He called to his wife, whose name I'll leave out. You know, I don't want to, she's not a public figure. He said, it's Derek's on the phone. And she said, she got on. Oh, Derek, how are you? We miss you. See, when are you coming to Florida? How are you, you know? Oh, and I said, that's what I did. I said, oh, I'm great. So, and then they say, oh, Derek, you're so, you know, you know, because they even know my personality. They know I'm a bit of a loon. So anyway, it was time to pitch Morley on this story. I said, excuse me, can you, can you put Morley back in? And he said, well, what about this? 
are you still single? And then they both laughed at that. But I think Derek's a little bit more, maybe that's why they call me. So I said, geez, do I, I said, okay, I got to guess I got to. And I said, maybe they're, maybe I'm trying to go at this the wrong way. Maybe I need to embrace Derek and get get this. So I said, yeah, this is Derek. Can you put Morley back on? I got a case. Uh, so Morley hopped down and I said, Derek, what is it? I said, Morley, we got a we got a case. We got a go, ghost case. And I said, Morley, Morley, did you hear me? We got a case. And he said, yeah, I think, he goes, I must have missed it. And I said, no, 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 Morley. I said, we got, okay. Uh, and then, you know, I'll skip over this part because it took about four months. But, uh, you know, of logistics and, you know, fitting in when Morley does the touring schedules. And then saying, Derek, you know, Derek. and then I just I had to buy a ticket to Florida. Which I said, well, I said, well, I guess somebody. And then I said, wait, it's a ghost. I said, yeah, the ghost. I said, we could meet anywhere. We should have just done it on Skype. But anyway, got to Florida. I met up with Morley at a coffee shop. And I just kept telling myself, you know, own the future, Scoots. You're, Der- you're Derek now. And I said, well, Scooter, maybe I And I said, I'm Derek. No more Will- Willy, Willy, Willy. Whatever, mixing up willy nil, you know, willy washing or whatever. Oh, that sounds definitely no willy why. And I said, Morley stood up as I walked into there. He said, Derek. And I said, Morley and Borley back in the case. And I said, I guess I'm Derek Borley. Private. Well, I guess we're not private and get, you know, amateur. Well, Morley's a pro. Morley and Borley investigative journal journalist and sidekick and he said all right tell tell me what's going on Derek and I said okay Morley let me take you back so I'll skip that part because I already took you guys back and then we I ordered some coffee and then I had too much coffee as they told Morley about uh the uh, the whole thing and Morley even laughed at the joke because you know Derek Derek Borley is one hell of a a sidekick which troubles me, you know, could I, do I need to become, they said, am I a character investigative reporter? They said, what kind of investigative reporting do you do? And I say, uh, yeah, I'm a method investigative reporter, Derek Borley, method investigations. They said, well, if Morley, I guess I'll do that if Morley doesn't. Morley said, Derek, are you with me? And I said, I'm just worried about the case, Morley. He said, did you get all that? And he said, he patted me on the shoulder, like, you know, in a fatherly way. And he said, okay, Derek, so you were looking for two ghosts in a car. And he said, I guess, yeah, we're looking for ghosts, a cartoon ghost, you know, mother and a child. Not sure if it's a, it's a girl or a boy, to be honest. You know, ghosts are kind of a bit androgynous. The ones, these ones in my brain that I was picturing, you know, the ones from the joke. And Morley's already had out his steno pad and was writing. And he said, do you think this is related to the Plutonians? And I said, I don't, to be honest, Morley, because this was pre-Plutonian. 
I said, he said, okay, Derek, walk me through. What are we, what are we looking for? And I said, well, we got, there's a lot of questions on this case more morally. Cause he, he gave me, he looked up like with his, uh, you know, his signature safer look. And he said, please complete my name. That's what his eyes on my, my face told me. And I said, well, there's a couple questions on this case, Morley. One, well, I said, first of all, the car, you know, I don't know. That's confusing, but I don't know if that's worthy of investigation. I said, just where are the ghosts going? I was under the impression, you know, that ghosts didn't travel. And if they did, you know, it wasn't casually. Morley said, okay, he's writing this down. I think he was making bullet points. But then I looked over, I saw him write Never Trump, and I said, what is that about? And then the waitress came over, and she said, I heard, she goes, you guys you guys here for the pack in town for the Pac-Man tournament? I heard you talking ghosts. And I said, no, no, no. And then she said, are you in town for the Ghostbusters reboot, uh, uh, reboot shoot? And I said, no, but, uh. We, I said that's a, that's a coin. I said morally, we're definitely in the right place. He said it's coalescing, Derek. And I said, yeah, we got to get. I guess we got to get on this. And he said, where do you want to start? And I said, uh, I don't know. And I said, ma'am, where is this? Uh, where's the uh, the tournament? The, Pac-Man tournament. She she said it was it, it's it's on the the set of the Ghostbusters, of course. And I said, well, I thought they already shot that movie. I mean, shot that movie, ma'am. And she said, well, they're doing reshoots. And I said, Morley was writing this down too. And I said, wow, this is really going well because usually I mess. You know, when I when I'm not being when I'm being myself, but Morley thinks I'm Derek. I said, he doesn't let me take the lead. And she said, what are you talking about? And I said, Meh. I said, Morley, don't write that down. That was just a blue, you know, blip. I said, well, I said, where's the set? And she said, it's a rebuilding of, uh, and I said, Columbia. And she said, no, Marquette. And I said, okay, Milwaukee, Milwaukee school. And she said, yeah, she, she, and I, she, I said, can you point us to it? I said, uh, I said, so they worked their teachers at Columbia. And she said, what do I look like, Doris Hollywood to you? And I said, you don't happen to be a ghost, do you? And she said, no. And I said, all right, well, I said, well, morally and morally on the case, ma'am, rest easy. Here's two bits for your time. I said, morally, could, could you give her a couple bits? And he slipped her a five. And I had like three more cups of coffee. Uh, but it, but it, I'd realized that, you know, when Morley, me and Morley, Morley told them only bring me decaf. So then I just had to make a couple extra stops when we tried to drive to the set of the movie. And Morley said, what's our next move? And I said, well... I don't know, Morley, because we could sneak on the set and cause havoc. But I said, I don't want to do that because I like everybody involved in that project. And I love Ghostbusters. And I said, we've, I said, you know, I said, there's another quinky dink. And he said, what? He goes, please don't, Derek, that's not professional quinky dink. 
And I said, there's another piece of synergy here, Morley. And he wrote that down and then crossed it out, which I took a, took to be like a form of constructive criticism, subtle form of constructive criticism. Like kind Morley does to Derek is near equal. And I said, I believe that they're also shooting Fuller House, the uh, Netflix remake of Full House here. And I was like, you want to talk about a place full of ghosts? And he said, I said, there's some. And he said, let's go. He goes, the house is the perfect place to start. And the next thing you know, Morley's in full uh, invest, you know, full like 60 minutes. You know, he calls Lowell. Uh, Mr. You know, I, go, I have to call him Mr. Bergman. If, if I talk to Morley about him, he won't take, you know, he won't uh, directly correspond with me. But I think that's before he met, you know, actually, you know, this is a tangent here, but everybody's using this. This is, you know, when I, I always try to figure out these pop terms. So I've been trying to pick it, figure out soft power. The other one is peak something. Like I hear peak Ted Cruz, peak Marco Rubio. And so then I was thinking, well, maybe I'll be peak Derek uh, Borley. Because uh, they said, then Lowell Bergman will talk to me. Maybe even Eddie Snowden. Maybe Glenn Greenwald. Well, you know, but I like making Glenn Greenwald, Glenn Greenwald laugh, so that's fine. And next thing I know, we pull up to the Fuller House set, which was in a full house, like a house. And we're talking to a key, did I say that already? We started talking to a key grip, but Morley was on at full 60 minutes. I think before I got on the tangents, that's sort of what we were at. And the key grip starts telling us about all these cartoon hijinks. And I said, with Kimmy? And then he just stared. And I said, well, maybe Kimmy's not all she's cracked up to be as an adult. And I said, no spoilers, by the way. Key grip and Morley wrote a double underline, no spoilers. And then Morley said, you know, he goes, tell us more about these hijinks. And the key grip said, it's unexplainable. He goes, unexplainable hilarity in the set of Fuller House. And I said, are you being ironic? And he said, he said, who are you asking? And then Morley, when he goes, I'm, he goes, I'm asking. And he goes, the key grip got all, uh, he sat back, he leaned back in his seat. If he had a cigarette, he would have lit it and smoked it. And he said, I tell you who you want to talk to. You want to talk to old man Vandy. And we said, old man Vandy. And that was so good, Morley didn't even need to write it down. He said, oh, where's old man Vandy? He said, down the way. He said, down the way where? And he said, the Anaheim room. And I said, the Anaheim room here in the Fuller House, uh, Fuller, Fuller House house. And he said, yeah. And they said, well, where? He said, the base. That's what we call the basement, the Anaheim room. And I said, why do you call it the Anaheim Room? And he said, it's for the crew only, and it's a place to way the hell away from all this Fuller House stuff. So it's like Disneyland, because once we're away from all this. And I said, wow, that's cool. I said, I wish it. And and he he said, let's go, Derek. Uh, So we go down to the basement, and the, the crew is coming up from a break. 
And uh, Morley says uh, to Eric, he goes, let's, let's, let's uh, follow my lead. And he goes, excuse me, gents, this is me. He goes, I'm Morley. This is Derek Morley. He goes, we're wondering what you heard about some hijinks around these parts. And Morley was talking uh, one tenth of a decibel louder than normal, barely detectable by human ears, unless you're a sidekick future partner Derek Borley and you can pick up on these kind of things you know because you're you're you know method method investigating and Morley said I just got a couple of questions for you because he, he felt felt any chills and the crew said all said yeah I think so and I said okay, okay. Morley said hey, sit down here he goes let's go downstairs and talk just for a minute or two can I have your time and they all knew. They said, sure, Mr. Safer. And then they started clapping. And they said, all right, Derek Borley. And they and they, they treated me with disrespect and camaraderie at the same time. We sat around a, a couple of sawhorses with a piece of wood on it. And they, they poured me a co- coffee out of those cool green giant uh, things. And they started talking about, uh, you know, ghosts and, you know, how once upon a time they had shot one of the Casper live-action Casper movies, the same set, is, is, you know, was a house, you know, made for the old nuclear family shoots and, uh, you know, designed, you know, for that wholesome aspect of... Uh, and then Morley said, huh, it's interesting now. He goes, because it's reborn with the Fuller House. And and the kind of plot line we, me and Derek have a vague awareness of, but not really any details other than Candace and Kimmy. And yeah, I said, I know, well, I know the twins, they didn't sign in. I don't, I don't think they signed up for it, but uh, I can't, I, you know, I don't have a, I don't have full callback of, uh, uh, was that Jody Sweeten was the other one? Morley wrote that one down. Double question mark that spanned uh, two two sets. Uh, you know, I don't know what those are called, Oxford lines or whatever. And we just started asking. They asked. They started talking about Nickelodeon slime getting slime by Nickelodeon slime and giggling. And just general, and they said, "Is any of it eerie?" They said, "No, e- irritating." And that, that was some somebody said, and we all laughed. It was funny, actually. And Morley said, "All right, well, he, he goes, he goes, uh, he goes." So they shot that Casper movie here, and then at a corner of my ear, I guess, I guess I'd be out of my ear because I don't know if my ear actually has any corners. Uh, but the corner of the room, I heard a creak, a back and forth creak of a rocking chair. And then I heard uh, the, uh, the clearing of a throat of a man, probably an old man named Vandy. And he said, it's a Purdue chicken you're looking for. Purdue chickens were all of it started. And Morley and I turned at the same time as partners are known to do you know, that are tuned into each other. And Morley just raised his right hand and pushed the air back 
excusing the rest of the crew. And they soundlessly left, and we turned around in our chairs, and we found ourselves looking across the room at a man named Vandy, old man Vandy. And I found myself, I, I was fully in method investigation because I stood up, and I walked across the room, and I said, you must be old man Vandy. I said, I'm Derek Bordley. We're here to ask you some questions, sir. And he said, my father was a sir. I'm an old man. And then he chuckled, morally chuckled, I chuckled. Glenn Greenwald cracked up because we had him. I accidentally pocket-dialed him on speaker, and he was listening. And I hung up, you know. And I didn't want to waste anybody's batteries or minutes. And I pulled a chair up close to Vandy. And I said, tell us more about this chicken, Vandy. And he said it was the, uh, I think he, he said, he goes, let me, let me piece it back together. He said it was the cast and crew party celebrating the uh, close of the shoot. I, I don't know the terms of these things, but I'm sure they have a professional term, you know, like a cast party or whatever you have after opening night or closing night of a play. And he still moved back and forth in his chair. He was rocking in a chair. It wasn't even a rocking chair. But he was so old man Vandy, it didn't even matter. But he said it was a Purdue chicken that started all the trouble. And I said, how'd you know it was a Purdue chicken? And he goes, well, that's who we hired. He goes, you know, those ones from the commercials. He goes, I've been on that shoot. He goes, you Casper? He goes, Casper too. Uh, the ghost with the most. And he said, didn't, didn't you write that, Derek? And I said, I'm, in, I'm Derek Bordley, sir. No, I'm not a writer of Casper fan fiction and directed DVD movies. Like the wonderful uh, Casper 3, actually. Uh, ghost Overboard was what I, what I may have written. But not, no, not, not to, no, no, Mr. Uh, old Man Vandy. Anyway, Derek Bordley here to ask him more questions. And Morley, Morley says, so there's a guy in a chicken suit. And he goes, two guys in a chicken suit. He goes, and they played the non-Purdue chickens, if you remember the commercials at all. And Morley said, I do. And I said, I totally, I said, I totally do. And I said, but there's no Purdue chicken in those because, they, I mean, the irony is the chickens wanted to be, but if they knew what they're in for, and Vandy cracked his knuckles. And he said, you're getting distracted from the point, son. And I said, all right, Vandy, clue me in. And he said, well, that was the thing. He goes, he goes, we only hired uh, the two chickens, but then there was a third one there. The Purdue chicken showed up. At, I said his name was Cruz Azul. And, you know, we, we just saw it was, was somebody. We said, well, heck, who, who is that? Billy, Jimmy, who's in that uh, chicken suit? And we were all having a great time, you know, because, uh, you know, Casper, we knew we were going to be rich off Casper, too. I said, what was, it t- what was it called again? I said, you, are you still upset they didn't make Casper 3 Ghost Overboard? And he patted me on the head and winked. And I said, well, I guess I can't be a method investigator with everybody. 
And he said, he goes, the next thing we knew, you know, the party was rocking. And this Purdue chicken, Cruz Azul, was the, the, the life of the party. And he was pretending he was a South Carolina Democratic uh, senator, congressman, making speeches, pressing the flesh. And he goes, at some point, the two actors that were playing the, the non-Purdue chickens, they left, you know. And we said, where's your buddies? He said, oh, those aren't my friends. He goes, that was a couple of guys in chicken suits. And he goes, we had drank, drank a bit. And he goes, uh, he goes, and then the party went on and went on. And the chicken was still dancing and dancing with all the, all the crew and the cast. And we're all just having a great time, you know. And I guess I've been drawn in by this guy. And finally, Morley said, get to the point. And he put, Morley bumped his fist on the table even. Goes, we need, we need, we, we got to unsolve this mystery here. And you're just spinning me a web. And it will, and he goes, he goes, at some point, he goes in the middle of the party. He goes, somebody just got nervous and they said, Cruz Azul, what is because he said all of a sudden he started talking about Casper and how he's friends with Casper. And uh, that Casper was going to move on. I, and I said to Casper 3, Ghost Overboard. And uh, Old Man Vandy said, to, to, to a future project. And he goes, and then there was this, uh, the sound system went out. The dance lights went out. And they went off and they went back down and the chicken was still there. Uh, he goes, but it was only sitting in the chair. And he goes, then we heard a car pull out of the lot. And we went to unsuit the chicken, you know, make sure we said. And he goes, he goes it was a seven-foot stuffed chicken. And I said, a seven-foot stuffed chicken suit? And he said, no, it was a seven-foot doll. Or, you know, Lifefly Mannequin. He goes, there was no way anyone was inside that chicken. And he said, the other thing was, anytime anybody touched a chicken, they got a case of the giggles. And he said, it's mysterious. And he said, he goes, it was a mystery, but we stopped talking about it. And morally, he cleared his throat and he stood and he started to pace the room. Looking through his notepad, he said, this doesn't make any sense. None of this makes any sense at all. He said, you got a movie set used for a movie, Casper, Casper 2, Full House. And he said, was this used in the original Full House? And uh, Vandy said, majority of the interior stuff was. But, you know, we've redesigned it for a remodel for Fuller House. And Morley said, he goes, we still, he goes, still doesn't make any sense. He goes, you got a chicken suit, a moving chicken suit, uh, causing the giggles, causing fun, causing mystery. You got a missing car, the missing car would turn up. And the guy said it did. He said it was old, 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 old Foghorn Leghorn Jones's car. And he goes, they found the car. The only thing was the seatbelt were replaced by sheets. This is the first time I've ever heard Morley gasp. It would probably be the last time I've heard Morley gasp. And Morley said, now we're getting somewhere. And he goes, who was this man? Foghorn Leghorn Jones? 
goes, where do we find him? And Vandy said, you don't. He's not with us anymore. Morley said, well, there's your sheep belts, Derek. And I said, you're right, Morley, but we still don't have anything that makes any comprehensible sense related to why any of this is going on or how we're going to resolve the case or if there's even a case that needs to be resolved. And he said, Vandy, that's my partner, Derek Morley. And I got the chills. And for me, the case was already so I said I could care less about it. I mean, in my head, I was like, I mean, if only. And he said, well, I guess I've learned to live now because I get the chills. Because Morley, I just called a character I was playing, being, trying to be myself, but realizing if I played a character uh, more pleasing to Morley, he might, you know, that. So, you know, he said, I can't have the dream of it. But I said, yeah, I get the chills because Morley said I was his partner, but he didn't really mean it because it's not really me. But they said, we're on the case now. Instead of saying all that stuff going through my head, Morley said, let's go, Derek. I think I got an idea of what's going on. And I said, well, I don't. And Morley said, well, don't worry. I, 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 he said, let's go upstairs. He goes, this place got an attic, Vandy? Vandy said, of course it does. It's got two attics. Morley said, that's even better. And he goes, now I really know what's happening. And we headed upstairs and, and uh, you know, to, out of the basement. I guess that's up to the ground floor. Then we headed up to the second floor. And I said, wait a second, where the hell was uh, John Stamos's room? I said, who lived in the basement, Morley? Uh, John Stamos or Dave Coulier? And Morley said, to the attic, Derek. And then we went up to the third floor. And I said, yeah, they think they did have three floors. I said, that would be a dream of mine, Morley, to live in a house with three floors. And Morley said to me, don't give up on Kimmy. And then I then I got the chills again, but for a whole different reason. And I said, but she's probably, that's, that's a character. Uh, and then I said, whoop, I said, Morley. And then he laughed, and I said, oh, my goodness, Morley. And then we went up another floor to technically what would be the fourth floor, but what was actually the first attic. And I said, what do you think, Morley? And Morley said, I think think we got a case of a confused mother ghost. And he he said, I'm going to need you to act, uh, Derek. And he said, do you know how to act? Can you become a character? And I said, I could try, Morley. And he, he, he pulled a sheet off of a piece of furniture. He threw it over me. He said, get on your knees. And, I, you know, if Morley Safer says that to you, say, I got you got it. And he said, you're Casper now. Act like a little, you know, but he goes, get Casper down. And he goes, don't do the freaking you know, silly new new age attitude, you know. And I said, I'm Casper. I said, Gag Papa Morley. Boo. And Morley said, Oh, Casper. And then I, I said, I think I, I think I know what it was. And then we heard it. We heard we heard a noise above our heads, uh, a calming lullaby noise. And I said, Morley, boo. Morley Pooh, 
I love you. And the moral gave me a cut it like it was too weird. And I, you know, but I said, I, I'm in the, I'm in the Casper, baby Casper zone. And then Morley started acting. He said, who are you? And I said, I'm Casper. And he said, what are you doing in my, uh, you know, my, my, my family's, my kid's family, you know, this is the fuller house. Our house is already full. And I said, well, I, I just uh, stopped by. I'm looking for my mommy. And Morley winked at me like I was doing a good job. Like Derek Morley was on the case pretending Scooter Andrew was being Scooter being Derek Morley being Casper on the case. Crack, crack, amateur reporter or investigator. Casper uh, Poo. And Morley said, well, if Casper, have you been playing around with people and clowning around and pretending you were a giant chicken? And then I said, well, I just wanted to dance at the party. It was so fun. And Morley said, well, I think your mother's been looking for you for a long time. Uh, you know, for a very long time. Uh, do, do you know anything about that? Can you remember anything about that, Casper? And I said, well, I just love to laugh, and I love people, and I know my mama loves people, too. We're silly ghosts. We love to make people laugh. And Morley, Morley just nodded, uh, like, go on. And I said, well, I said, I, I, said I, I think me and my mom are supposed to move away because it's so busy here with all the people filming and things. You know, sometimes my mom, my mama's eyes aren't so good because she can't tell if I even have my seatbelt in, in a car. And so sometimes she gets mixed up and thinks that, uh, uh, but you know, when, but you know what a blue screen is, my, my mama doesn't, but I do. And Morley nodded and, and we started walking towards the stairs to the next attic. And Morley said, oh, oh, what is your mom getting me? And I said, well, sometimes she thinks a green screen ghost because she could see it in her mind uh, is me. And then Morley said, you know, gave me the nod to go upstairs. And I said, wait a second, I'm friggin'. I said, well, didn't we just figure out to, I think I was thinking that, but when Morley Safer nods, you did go somewhere, you could, you know, believe me, you do it. So I started heading up the stairs, and I said, well, I don't know if this is the best idea, but uh, here we go. And then I, I, I st took two steps up the uh, stairs. I heard the mother ghost, and the most cheerful, well, I assumed it was the mother. She said, oh, Casper, is that you? And something, my inner Derek Bordley, actually, in the back of my mind said, you're not acting like Derek Bordley, Bordley. And I stopped, and I turned around to Morley, and he looked at me, and he was taking notes even. And I said, well, see, he's already writing a story about this. And I said, Morley, and he said, D -D -D Casper, and I pulled the sheet off me, and I said, no, it's Derek, Derek Bordley. And I could have sworn Morley was about to crack up, but I think it was because my knees were covered in dust. And he said, aren't you going to close the case, Derek? And I said, well, I got a strange feeling. I'm going to go upstairs and I'm going to be cradled by a mother ghost. And then she's going to put me in a car and make sure, and then I'm going to tell her the joke. 
and then that'll solve the case, but then I'll be on, stuck in a car with a ghost. And I'm not really pre- prepared for that because I'm Derek Bordley Morley. I'm not ready to give up my gum, you know, sh- I didn't do that because I was being Derek Bordley. And Morley said, well, what are we going to do, Derek? How are we going to close the case? And I said, I got a case. I got to close this case right where it started, Morley. And he said, tell, tell me where the case started, Derek. And I said, remember, I told that joke to a man who may or may not have been Denny. And he was either a weatherman or a, uh, a tra- you know, he was, the, he was the goofy guy at the station, the comic relief. But he had a sidekick that made of wood or plastic and, 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 and he said, it's not a marionette. He goes, it's a ventriloquist dummy. And he goes, you're brilliant, Derek. And then and I said, and the ghost has been up there for years. So I said, we could probably take it. He said, let's go, let's hit the road. And then, you know, this is, I guess it's a little bit anticlimactic because then we drove and we had to go to so many stores before we found a ventriloquist dummy. And I think the station was does WSTM 5, uh, but I don't think there was a station WSTM. So because Syracuse, was, isn't that west of the Mississippi? KPIX is K and East, and that never made sense to me either. East of the Mississippi starts with W's. WSTM, maybe it was WSTM 5. But anyway, we finally, we, we you know, because Florida, there's uh, Goodwill stores and rescue, you know, a lot of retirees. Are, and we, so we finally tracked down a good one. And then we brought it back to the Fuller House house set. And we went back up to the attic. And then we went up to the, I headed up the stairs using my Casper voice. Oh, Mom, are we ready to get in the car? Should I go wait for you in the car? I'll be sure to fasten my seatbelt. Morley and I were like, well, and they said, Kimmy's car. Come on, Morley, whose car will we have to go steal? And Morley said, Derek, did you have a crush fear of Kimmy? He said, I did. I don't, I don't know anymore, though. Uh, you know, I don't think I'll be. And I said, Derek Morley's fears are bored, boredly. He said, let's get this ghost on the road. And we put the minute, you know, a good mannequin ghost in there. And in, in that actress's car, you know, maybe. And we headed off and the car vanished. The mannequin vanished. And I guess, I guess, unfortunately, we ran into old man Vandy and he had to quit, you know, weeks later. He said, well, the joy's gone from that set. And I said, the joy is gone from the Fuller House house set. And he said, yeah, it was those ghosts. And I said, ghost. And then he said, ghosts. And then I said, he said, well, and I said, is that another case for Bordley and Morley and Bordley? Borley and Morley, Borley, Borley, Derek Borley, not Derek. I got my name mixed up there because I was so into the case. And Morley patted him. He said, I'm taking you off a decaf, Derek. And that was it. You know, we, we'd, I guess we, hopefully everything works out for the Fuller House that we didn't ruin or, you know, we didn't suck all the joy out of the area. 
for the reshoots for Ghostbusters remake, Fuller House remake. Probably doesn't bode well for my fan fiction, uh, Ghost Overboard, Casper 3. Oh, I think Casper 2 is Ghost with the most. And maybe, you know, Casper 4, Professor Casper. I don't, that's a working title, but, uh, it goes to overboard. You know, that takes place. I, I started pitching morally as we go in and got some lunch. And then I realized Derek wouldn't do that, but I was already mid-pitch telling him about the big scene with Casper. And, you know, because it takes place in a cruise ship, obviously goes overboard. I'll just spoil it for you, you know, to wind you down. Is that, uh, well, there's a big uh, action sequence during the Broadway show. Because Casper decides that Casper wants to be in the uh, Broadway show. And also, there's probably, I say, you got to work in another, you know, B plot line that maybe, I'm thinking Jewel Thief, probably. That would maybe that'd be a C plot line. Uh, but the one twist is that Ghost is actually, well, now I'm thinking that maybe there's a triple Ghost, like the, the Jewel. Thief is trying to get the ghost diamond. There you go. That's definitely a C plot. Uh, the, there's a dog named Ghost. That's who goes overboard, maybe with the diamond in its teeth or around its neck if it's a diamond necklace. Uh, but they go, you know, that's the dog that uh, the little girl that, you know, probably had, you know, something hard, you know, that will pull it to heartstrings. Uh, but Ghost, you know, Ghost is her best friend and contract, you know, knows where Casper is. So then when Casper's on the Broadway stage, Ghost goes on the stage. The girl's family is like, that's it. That was the last thing with your dog, where, you know. And then, you know, the crew, you know, she's been hiding the dog the whole time. That Ghost, but Ghost, you got to be like a ghost. Probably a sequence where Casper tries to teach the dog. Morley fell asleep at this point in in his soup. Luckily, it had gotten cold because I'd been talking so long. Um, yeah, so Casper teaches Ghost how to be a ghost. And then, you know, but then once it ends up, the woman whose diamond was stolen owns the cruise line. So uh, that's it. That was the movie. Uh, Caster 3, Ghost Overboard. In, in, uh... You know, Netflix, hey, how about it? Uh, you know, I have no rights to any of it, and it probably was that's probably been a plot of about 14 movies. But, uh, you know, so that is how Morley and Borley back in the case. And then I, I, I tried to cradle Morley, but he, he pushed me, you know, he said, no, Derek, I'm... And then he rolled his head over into a salt. I made him, a, and then I pushed more saltine crackers. I made him a saltine cracker and wrapper pillow. And then I, you know, left him a message. And I just said, "Thanks for another great case, Derek." DB. Actually, I think maybe I just called myself DB. But uh, yeah, that's another case, morally and morally. Uh, professional. You know, morally is professional. I guess he's retired, but well, that wasn't. I mean, obviously, that was that was an awesome case. So that's not retired. All right, uh, good night. Uh, said more to this. Anyone said went over to.
uh, downtown YouTube. And the first thing I did was pick up a copy of Pulsefire News, and they said, they said, I said thank you to them for seeing good vids. And then I went to the Sarah Saramari, and they uh, said, hey, they said, well, they had so much insomnia, so thanks. And I said, thank you. And then I saw Blue Dollars, oh, one. And I said, yeah, you have a Blue Dollar, Blue Dollar. And they said, no. But they said, thank you, you're so boring. And you may make me fall asleep at night and in class. And I said, well, thanks, Blue. And then I went by my favorite place in downtown YouTube to see Cutenez, who was sleeping on duty. But their job was to take a nap, you know, because it was a sleepy part of YouTube. And then I saw Blue Star Lucid, who's only been listening a few weeks, and they held it, and I said, oh, you're beautiful, Blue Star Lucid in the sky. And I saw Miles D again. He said, "Hey Miles, I gotta go over the. Uh, I gotta to get on the train, head over to to uh, iTunes Review Town, uh, which was weird because I think I had a dream with a train in it last night. But yeah, I saw it was a, uh, after I got off, I said a quick stab at iTunes Review Town from Bite Size Anna, who said brilliantly boring. Yet to finish an episode, more methodically gets more and more boring, and then the sleep. And then I saw Triple Six Halo, which that's like a little bit of a paradox I like. And they said, science of boredom? Hmm. They happen to find this podcast. They were looking for help with sleep, and then they got tangled in the serial stream of consciousness, Malaga and stuff. But they love Sir Pounce, Sir Pounce, Sir Pounce, Sir Pounce. So I said, nighty nights. I think I over on Twitter Express. I saw Caroline working on some work. I said, hey, what are you working on? She said, say, openings for your show. I said, really great. And I saw Lori S. recommending the podcast. Spacer doing a drawing of me. I said, holy mackerel, that's good. A uh, lot of grist chick was having a long night. I said, oh, let's see. I said, uh, you know, here's all your friends around here. Sean D said, what's up? And they were, they said, hey, I had white noise. Now I have, you know, bore, bore noise. They said, you got it. After that, I saw Cheryl A, who was just so nice, and she was teaching yoga. I saw Kate and Carly separately. But they said, well, hey, See, you know, it was the last two towns I was at were not as packed as this Twitter Bird, Bird Express. Kathleen W. was there. Uh, Nigel and Steve, they were they were playing Count to Mosca. And Christina Ice Streamer was playing. Her son was playing as well. That all looked nice. Uh, Sophie P. was testing out the podcast on Twitter so they can sample her. Brittany and Chris there. I saw Sasha and Malia joking around with Ryan Reynolds. That was great. And I saw Nigel again. I saw Babs. I said, what's up? Amy T, the Timber. I said, well, you guys, thank you so much for recommending the podcast. Mel, it came Mary from Blind Alive. I saw her with a puppy, an older dog. I called it a puppy, though. And that dog just sniffed me. Wendy Seagull was like, oh, geez, you know, Mel, you're an excellent interviewer. I said, I agree. Saw 
the bug who was laughing about Spacer. Everybody had the giggles. Andrea G, she was cracking me up. Andrew MMH was there. And then we we, we all started, uh, we started acting like we were birds, Tweety Birds. Twitter tweeted, yeah. And I saw Alec, uh, the Rad Rusky. And he said, you wore one Rad Rusky. You made me call you a Ruski, though. And he said, well, that's actually how. This is why we saw a squirrel who was pretending to be a squirrel, which was cool. Illusionoid Nug we saw. Uh, they were at Twitter Park, and uh, Andre G. was teaching, actually, a uh, awkward hug lesson. That was cool. That was very educational for everybody. Semi-bold, I think, was there. Uh, Katie C., Matt Hurt from an Obsessive Viewer podcast, I saw. And our lovely friends over at PikeyCast was there. Carrie at Echo Textual. Everybody was giving each other awkward hugs, but they weren't, you know, they were, they were awkwardly wonderful. Like, there was no awkwardness somehow. So Silver Logic, Katie C.'s friend Team Cats was there. Jake, everybody. Megan P., she was giving love to Brittany and CN. Uh, Suze, Suze was on the snooze, which, you know, I said, that goes perfect. Because yeah, you listen to this podcast, Suze and Snooze. And then Carly had recommended the podcast to Alex, Alexandra C., so that was nice, which made me think of the director, Alex C., and they said, well, it's not good for this show, mentioning that. Uh, Jag... Jack S, Jack S, we saw Beth T. Oh, they're hugging. And they said, maybe I'll think of a game that combines awkward hugging with Count de Mosca. Like awkward hug, hide and seek. And they said, that would be a good idea. I bet George L would play that too. And well, we'd probably get in on that. Because he usually combines the two mysterious things, hugging and him and then. And hide and seek PMR. We could probably get in that depressing mania too. Elisa, Christine, family. We could start spreading around the world. We just gotta get Matthew Inman on this because they said, you know, who would like Count the Mosca, especially with this awkward hug level. We could still call it Count of Mosca because we haven't officially made the rules, but Matthew Edmund would do. He, he's got a lot of gaming in him. The drunk ant might even play. Brad K would probably get in the game. Uh, Jay, Joanna there, hopefully. A geeky girlfriend. Ideally, uh, Jeanette. We'll get everybody getting on this. Uh, Kim H, you know. Web Society, Pestilence. Uh, Clint J, we'll say, geez, we'll have this game. This will be the biggest thing since uh, uh, Kick the Can. And it was it to Kick the Can. Sorry, Scoots, what's that? I said, well, it's, it's like it was the old version of Count the Mosca without the awkward hugs. Nicole Peel, probably play. Paul, Reese, ideally, would get in there. Jill. Yeah, so then that's why what we'll be doing while you're sleeping is maybe, well, I'll be trying to think of the well, I'll be procrastinating and thinking of the rules for Count Mosca Awkward Hugs Edition. Right, good night.